Well, hello and welcome back to Feminoir Podcast. We are a podcast that reviews and analyzes films that are written by, directed by, or starring women. Um, we discuss their representation pertaining to the industry and what we see on screen. I'm Serena. And I'm Whitney. And today we will be talking about Black Panther 2, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, we're going to review the movie, talk about things that worked for it, things that we liked, things that we didn't like. Um, we'll go through the major plot points and kind of analyze the big overall stories and themes of this film. Um, afterwards, we will play our favorite game, FMF, a game where we rate the prominent men in the film. And then, of course, after that, we have to rate the movie itself, uh, 10 being perfect, 5 being I wouldn't watch it again, but I enjoyed it. And one being should have left it on the cutting room floor. Um, after that, we will give a shout out to our Patreon VIPs. Um, and then, of course, we'll give you some recommendations on movies that you might like if you liked this one. All right. So shall we begin? Uh, yes. So as Serena mentioned, we're um, reviewing Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, directed by Ryan Coogler. It's an action adventure that's about, that is two hours, 41 minutes long. So it is a pretty long movie. Um, I forget if the two hours, 41 is with or without credit, but I know people were saying it's like a three hour movie. Um, and it, it, it's pretty close. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, you can watch it on Disney Plus, starring, it does star uh, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong, Denai Guria. Angela Bassett, and Winston Duke. Um, For those of you who don't know, Wakanda Forever is um, about the people of Wakanda fighting to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. I've pulled that summary straight from INDB. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned um, in the last film, that's that's typically what they use to promote the film. that's what they focus a lot of their marketing on like that pretty much that summary that plot mm-hmm. and i feel like that's not at all what this movie's about <laughs> and i'm like overall i guess that's what it's about i feel mm-hmm. like in my in like if i were to give it a synopsis i'd be like oh it's like yeah like wakanda fights to like protect their home from outside forces but then i would probably put more of an emphasis on mourning and finding a way to continue like after the death of T'Challa like Mm -hmm. I probably would have embellished that a little bit yeah it was close but yeah yeah um my first thoughts on this movie is um that it is it is a female superhero movie and it 
doesn't feel like that. And I think it's because of how they marketed it and the fact that they didn't market it towards women. I think a lot of the marketing was very much based towards men. Um, And then they like tricked them into seeing the movie. And then once (laughs) they like watched the movie, they just didn't realize that they should be, I guess, complaining about the fact that yeah, they just, it's a they female like, superhero it's movie. It's about a good story. And yeah. they were like, let's just keep it focused on the story. Like, it should be. <laughs> and it was perfect. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure even if, like, she was going to be, uh, like, Black Panther, Shuri. Because mm-hmm. I knew, like, that's how it went in the comics. So I had a pretty good idea. And I was like, I feel like it would be weird if they didn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like if you compare this to every other movie that is a superhero movie with a female superhero, mm-hmm. a female lead woman superhero, they always marketed it as like girl power. Yeah. Like kind of dumb. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, like when, <laughs> like, I think there was a stat that I sent you. Let me see if I can pull it up. Where it was basically like, oh, Wakanda Forever is like the highest grossing female superhero movie. And I was like, out of how many? Because that's not a big feat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, my God, there's like five. <laughs> yeah. Um, I what so um one of the things I didn't like about this was the um the the colonizing storyline um because they don't really do enough with it like they use it to introduce um namor and his people uh and then it's kind of like a b plot to to get um ross the uh the american agent mm-hmm. um essentially like uh um fired for treason and then they rescue him and take him away at the end um but i felt like if you had taken out kind of like i guess mostly just like the subplot with ross um it would have been a lot shorter and a lot better um yeah and i mean just the theme of to deal with in this making this movie sorry say that again they had like a lot to worry about like making oh, yeah. movie, just in yeah. general of like plot of like losing your biggest star losing your mm-hmm. star that is like essential like you mm-hmm. not only just like the films but he embodied the character so much that like even just to continue to make the movies without him like mm-hmm. you can't replace him like you have to like fill in the gaps without being like disrespectful because otherwise people would be very upset but then yeah. to do that and then also try to keep it like connected to whatever the next phase of marvel is mm-hmm. and keep true to the original like stories and ideas of like the first black panther is like yeah <laughs> well so it is so it's a it's okay it's a love hate um thought process on on that theme because it also like the colonizing aspect also ties in greatly with um namor and his character and his emotional connection with um with shuri and 
I think that's great. Like, I think that was such um, a great thing for them to like bond through along with the death of like their most important person, mm-hmm. Namor and his mom, Shuri and her brother. Um, so I think it definitely deepened their relationship with each other. Definitely. Um, but just for pacing wise, oh, yeah. I didn't pacing like it. A little odd. I yeah. think my first thoughts when watching the movie was like, there's going to be people that love it and people that hate it. That was like my immediate thought, like leaving. Yeah. I was like, some people are going to really love this movie and some people are going to really hate it. And then immediately after that, my, that thought, I was like, but honestly, this is probably the best thing that they could have done given the situation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like the film is. I, I so like, I couldn't even imagine having that much pressure on me. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. not only is it just like you're you're making a movie in which you have to like essentially like transfer the like the the man title mm-hmm. you have to mourn that like everyone collectively like in just like everyone's social consciousness is already having to mourn like mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman but then to have to put all of that like emotion also into a movie is like insane and it's so soon to like when mm-hmm. he died. Like normally, like that doesn't happen, you know. Like they like wait a really long time. Like the only other actor I can really think of, like there's only two that I can think of, and like they were able to finish their movies, and that's like Paul Walker and um, is it John? Goodman? Heath Ledger. Oh wait, what he died? Not John Goodman. What's his name? He was in The Hunger Games. That was his last movie. Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Jesus, not John Goodman. I'm so sorry. They have similar, like, I get those two mixed up for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, and, like, Heath Ledger. So it was, like, they they were able to, like, finish the movies that they were in. Mm -hmm. And then, like, but it wasn't, like, oh, yeah, we're going to start. And then immediately just, like, like, that's so hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at a beginning of a project. And then, like, after that, most people that are, like, that iconic and, like, aren't able to finish their movies, like, you know, they pay, like, a tribute to them, but it's not until, like, like, they don't touch the, like, it's kind of like they're off limits for a very long time, you know? Like, they're able to kind of, like, abstractly talk about it, but they aren't able to, like, talk about it. And then, Mm -hmm. like, when they do, it's, like... Like, everyone's kind of like, hmm, I don't know, man, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Or, like, I don't think you did that in a way that was respectful, man. So, like, even just in that aspect, because, I mean, like, I mean, I feel like they've been talking about similar things in the media a lot lately as far as, like, being respectful to, like, people that have died and, mm-hmm. like, telling their stories and stuff, like, biopics. It's almost even harder when it's fiction. I would want to argue that it's easier because it's fiction um especially considering that this is like um sci-fi fantasy because it allows the creators a way to flesh out the world a little bit more Mm. and so because like because these characters like most characters and unless you're doing like a um a biopic or a documentary because they don't exist like it is fairly easy to just kill off their character. 
Um, I'm glad that's what they did, too. Yeah. Instead of trying to be, like... Because, like, sometimes, you know, they'll do the thing where they just, like, replace the actor. And you're just yeah. like, uh, what the heck, my guy? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. They just, like, don't talk about it. And you're just like, that is not the same person. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think they, they heard the the fan outcry with just saying like don't do that yeah um like we like we've loved him so much mm-hmm. um that it would be an insult and so they're kind of like all right we hear you we're you know because you're gonna essentially be paying us we'll do what you want yeah um and then I probably also, yeah similar Sorry. to like what we were talking about when what's his face was like oh like Marvel doesn't have movie stars or something like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly the opposite of what he's talking about. Like, mm-hmm. this is the exact reason why what he said is kind of stupid. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you can't Tarantino. have Black Panther anymore. Like, you can't have that Black Panther anymore because he will always be Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like, like, yeah, like, it's just, he... It's not that he became that character so well. So, like, his character and his person were so entwined with mm-hmm. not only just the character, but also, like, the values and ideas of the entire idea of, like, Wakanda and Black Panther and representation and all of that stuff. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> I... I feel like I'm going to be absolutely heartless when I say this, but I'm glad that they killed his character off because I don't think we would have gotten such a great movie had he lived um, or been yeah, replaced. No. Um, not because replace him. No. Cause like if, if they did, they would have focused on um, his relationship uh, to talk mm-hmm. to Charles relationship with his son and his relationship that he had with his dad. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that would have just been, more cookie cutter, more um, like a stereotypical Marvel movie that we've seen a lot. Um, Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man, <laughs> Thor. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what happened with I mean, like, Thor, it probably would have been better than mm. those ones just mm-hmm. because there's the added layer of like being black. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then, like, there would just been a lot more nuance to it. And the fact mm-hmm. that, like, he got to, like, know his father and, like, we got the first movie, which it's been so long since the first movie, I legitimately forgot mm-hmm. that this was only the second movie that we've seen. Of, like, yeah. That's fair. Like, I uh, Yeah. But also, like, I don't know. Did you see Thor Love and Thunder? Yeah. Did you like it? I didn't. I'm going to take that as a no. It wasn't good. Yeah. But I had fun. If you, so if you compare uh, Thor Ragnarok with Thor Love and Thunder, it doesn't seem like it's directed by the same director, despite it being, both of them being Taika Waititi. And I think that's because with Love and Thunder, it doesn't feel like his movie. It feels like a Marvel movie. Yeah. It feels so like I Marvel think, was yeah. Amazing. So I think. Marvel just kind of like stepped in and said like you're doing things our way like we took a chance with you and it paid off but now we're like really worried do our thing again yeah yeah um no because it felt a lot like the second Thor which Mm -hmm. sucked yeah I know it's my least favorite um Marvel movie it's so bad but um I think they would have done that again had Chadwick lived or had Mm -hmm. they kept T'Challa alive 
And I don't think we would have gotten a good movie. I think because they were able to essentially like restart with another origin story, they were more willing to take a chance um, and it paid off. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I'm just glad that they like let Ryan Coogler just Mm -hmm. do the rewrite to his thing. Mm -hmm. Because if they hadn't, that also would have been a slap in the face. Oh, yeah. Like, it would have been so... He... Well, I mean, he... He's really good at listening to what people want. Mm-hmm. Whether it be his audience or his actors. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, when when they were filming... Um, his name on the tip of my tongue, but the actor for Namor... He came up to Ryan Coogler and he's like, hey, you know, uh, the Wakandians have the the Wakanda forever call, you know, with the um, arms across the chest. Like, what is what what can we do? Like, as um, um, I'm I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me pull it up before I just mispronounce it entirely. The shelving. Yeah. Telecon. Telecon. Thank you. Um, I wanted to add a couple extra K's in there, but. Uh, but yeah, so he, he and the actor both together came up with the, uh, the clamshell hands, um, so that each, you know, um, each country could have their own symbol to like represent them. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I really like. it. I also love that actor. This is like, it's kind of dumb that they say this is another one of those things that's just meh. It's kind of dumb that they say they're introducing his actor like it's his introduction movie because he's been in movies they just haven't been like american movies or like hollywood is that how they're introducing or is that the introduction they're talking about or are they talking about um his introduction into the marvel cinematic universe i don't know because they just say introducing so and so in the like Mm -hmm. just the credits like his name Mm -hmm. instead of like so and so as this Pinacorta. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I... he's been in movies before and like TV. Like he's been an actor for, like he has credits. So I don't know why you said introducing as if he's never been in a movie before. Um, I took it as he was being introduced as um, like into the, the Marvel cinematic, cinematic universe. Like as Namor. Yeah. The only reason He's I even listed as they normally mm-hmm. say like introducing name as character. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think it depends. I think it depends on the movie. It depends on the director, the studio. I think it just depends on a whole bunch of different factors. Mm. Although I don't think um uh did Dominique Thorne get an introduction as Riri or yeah. Or even Ironheart. Um not Ironheart. I don't think they put an introducing thing because she was in a movie 
Was it a movie? She was either in a movie or a show that was popular. I just can't remember which one it is. Oh. Okay, but not for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Regardless, all the actors in this movie did phenomenal jobs. Mm-hmm. That was the other thought I had was, holy crap. They acted the crap out of this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. you're joking. They did so good. Like, I was like, um, by their performances, I was like, you guys, you outdid yourselves. Uh, Didn't, did Angela Bassett, did she actually win or was she just nominated? She was nominated. Okay, but she didn't win. I think she won a Golden Globe. Gotcha. I think. That's what I'm trying to look up right now. She's the only black woman nominated for lead actress in a film, or supporting actress in a film. The other woman of color nominated for supporting actress is Stephanie. From Everything Everywhere All at Once for... Her role as um, I don't remember how to say the name. I think she did win an Oscar. No, um, Golden Globe. Oh, okay, I was like, the Oscars haven't happened yet. <laughs> no, no, yeah, not yet. She made glo- yeah, she made Golden Globes history by winning Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, do a Discord Oscars party. We should. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. That'd be cute. Probably snarky or sassy because I just find them so boring. No, I just like like we should talk about how they are. Everyone should join (laughs) us. Ouch! And criticize the Oscars. Um. Anyway, back to Black Panther. (laughs) Back to Black Panther. Um. Yeah. So. I guess, like, my initial thoughts were pretty much just, like, they did a great job with what they had. I thought that they did a really good job of, like, taking a break a little bit from, like, the Marvel, like, advanced cutter formula. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was like, they did a good job by just making a movie. And, like, it very much is just, like, a filler movie to kind of give you, like, information that you need for, like, whatever's going to happen next. But, like, they did it in a way that was very meaningful and respectful. And they acted so well and told a good story that it, like, it doesn't even matter. hmm <laughs> I don't know if I agree with it being a filler movie, but um, I could see where you're coming from. Or filler as in, like, it didn't really, like... As a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there Mm -hmm. wasn't anything that happened that was, like, absolute... Like, other than the fact that there's another world power that has vibranium. Yeah. There's, like, nothing else really, like, huge that's going to impact other stories, I guess. Like, other uh, superhero stories, I guess, if that makes sense. Agree like, to disagree, but aside I, from the vibranium thing, agree to disagree. But I didn't make all of my, I didn't write all of those thoughts down. So, 
if if <laughs> for those of you who are Marvel fans um, who do follow the comics and uh, the new new phase, um, I'm sure you've already heard all of it through TikTok or through Instagram. Um, if you haven't and you do want to know more, I suggest go and watching those because like it does talk about like how it will how everything does connect um, and will connect in the bigger world. Um, but agree to disagree with Serena. Or I guess like I'm I'm saying it isn't like they didn't make a movie that had a bunch of plot lines and like origin stories to kind of bring them all in. Like we had two origins. Well, yeah, but they didn't do like the Spider-Man in Civil War type thing, you know? Like there wasn't like a huge like fight scene just to bring them in. Like they brought them in in a more down to earth like the same movie. Which one? Spider-Man? <laughs> Black Panther. No, like, they brought in, like, Riri, and, like, yeah, she's, like, Iron Man and whatever. But, oh, like, yeah. the way that sorry, they brought her in. Three origin Man. stories. Yeah. Iron Heart, sorry. But, like, they didn't do it in a way that was, like, the purpose of her in this movie is to become Ironheart in the film. Like, this film. Like, that's going to happen in another one. And it wasn't I like mean, she was already Ironheart and was like making her debut as like a superhero kind of a thing. She, like it's just like a character introduction. I mean, agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> because she, when she, when they uh, went to her garage, they had, um, the the she had her suit there and she said that there was a whole youtube channel dedicated to sightings of her and then um i mean she only had like a couple days to actually build her suit um in wakanda so she had plans for it and everything um yeah i think but I mean, she, like, if it was like the introduction the introduction to like ironheart they either would have shown us like they're shown her being like more vigilante-esque than just, like, student MIT kind of vibe. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I still disagree. (laughs) I still disagree because she does have these great Iron Man uh, parallels um, when she fights. I already like her better than Iron Man. Um... I want to see more of her before I make that decision. Mostly because, um, I gotta admit, I liked Robert Downey Jr.'s audacity as Iron Man. Yeah, he did that well. I think I just hate it because I'm like, white men always have the audacity. Yeah, and he could get away with it. (laughs) Like, oh, when he does it, it's cute and charming. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. When Ramonda does it, everyone's like, oh my god, I can't believe she's not gonna give us vibranium. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) no, I, yeah, no, I, I, I guess, yeah, I think it just didn't feel like the purpose of having them in it was to, like, introduce them as, like, their superheroes, but more to introduce them as, like, characters. That's fair. That's a way to say that. That's fair. (laughs) I don't agree with it, but I see where you're coming from. The other thing that I thought about. Um, about like when I first came out of the movie was like wait 
how long like when does this movie take place in the mcu Um, (laughs) i was like is this after the blip and i i had to look it up so i did look it up and i found the answer mm -hmm. because i guess in this movie um when they bring up nakia Mm -hmm. she's been gone for six years Mm -hmm. and they say she left right after the like blip like right after Tatala and shuri like disappeared so that was her losing them the first time Mm -hmm. and then we learned that um i'm sorry it's been five years that nakia's been gone which was the blip this movie is taking six years after the after the everybody comes back of t'challa so like T'Challa Wait. dies in the beginning, and then we skip to a, a year later. Okay, yeah. You had me confused. And so essentially, for a T'Challa died in the same year that he got back. That Shuri and mm-hmm. like, came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, that sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cruel. It is. I was like, that's even worse because it's like they were already like the last Black Panther movie essentially was T'Challa coming to terms with the death of their father and him having lost his father without really feeling like he got the the closure. And then through becoming Black Panther was able to get that closure and kind of like understand like, okay, yeah, like your heroes, your father, like they make mistakes too. And it's my duty as like the next in line to not only understand those mistakes but to also like take the responsibility and like fix it Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't continue into a vicious cycle and so then you get this movie and it's like tenfold because not only did shuri also lose her dad she lost her brother and then she loses her mother all within a span of a year for her literally like and people want to know like, why, why she's so she angry. So angry, and I was like, "Y'all, what do you mean? Why she's her so family's angry? dropping left and right? Literally, everyone's dead. Jesus, like she was gone for five years, just in a blip. Comes back immediately. Her her brother dies. Like her dad's only been gone for so long, and then her mom dies in this. Like, mm-hmm. dude." Let her grieve. Yeah. And I think and, that, like, and she's got the expectation call. too of like also having to take on the throne. Like now that her entire family is dead and she's like still this kid who's exactly. trying to grieve. Yeah. Like, when when what's his face? When Mbaku was like, mm-hmm. You've been too much to be considered a kid anymore. I was like, for real. Yeah. Like that line hit because I was mm-hmm. like like she's like, I want to burn. Like I'm not sure. Like if we end up, you know, having to burn the things, I'm not going to be able to stop because I have too much anger. Too much anger, yeah. Which I think was really, I so I mean, at the core, this movie, um, when it comes to Shuri, is you know, revenge won't bring back the, um, the people that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to let go of your anger and show mercy, um, which is, it's very, it's a very common theme 
it for is. Uh, superhero movies. But I also think that it has an extra layer because Black Panther is kind of like the surrogate, or Black mm-hmm. Panther as like a story in general is a surrogate as like an Afrofuturistic story. Oh yeah, of a way for like the Black community to be like what would happen if we were never colonized and like mm-hmm. all of the generational traumas that we've had too mm-hmm. and so like every single person almost any time there's any any time anything happens to a black person where it's like so many like police shootings all of that stuff it's like any time that happens like we are sure Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm going to burn the world because this keeps happening. And everyone's like, no, you can't do that because you're going to make yourself a target. And so, like, I feel like in this film, being able to kind of embody all of that feeling, because, like, the time that this came out, too, mm-hmm. both times, actually, that it's come out, there's been a significant death in the Black community. Mm-hmm. To which it's kind of like, we're all angry. And we're all sad and we have to mourn in some way without making it worse for ourselves and others. (laughs) And I think that this film, using T'Challa in that way, it was like perfect. And then to also Mm -hmm. parallel it with Namor and like having to be like, we both have to confront this idea because us fighting isn't going to fix anything either. Even, like, we're both fighting when the real enemy is still out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really appreciated that they took that plot line. Well, I, they gave it depth. They didn't keep it as the, the typical shallow, um, movie plot that most superheroes use it as. Yeah. Um, they, they made it fit to the world and they made it, um, new. Mm -hmm. I think what also helped with that is that it wasn't just an individual like issue Mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot of times like like if you were yeah take like Iron Man Iron Man's mad why is he mad because his dad he's got all this trauma with his dad but he's the only one Mm -hmm. in this movie everyone is feeling this trauma and this Mm -hmm. like sadness and like mourning like, even when it's Namur, he doesn't know T'Challa, but he's faced the same things, mm-hmm. like, generationally. Like, it's so in-depth, and it's, like, a collective sadness that it, it feels a lot different than one of the, like, individual stories. Yeah, I agree. Um, which is why I think they did it really, really well. Yeah, they did a really good job. And I think just to even just have the movie just be like, you know what, we have to mourn. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as a community, we've got to do it as a community. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad they just let him make this movie instead of trying to just like steamroll. Yeah. Yeah. Just go right by it, you know? Like that would have sucked. And I'm glad we got this movie. And I know a lot of people, like, they didn't like this movie because they're like, it feels horrible watching this movie. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> it sucks like I don't like nobody feels good watching the movie because like it's very sad and like a lot of bad things happen Mm -hmm. it's kind of heavy but I was like Mm -hmm. I feel like that's exactly what it needed to be oh yeah um but I understand not liking it for those reasons because yeah (laughs) yeah I mean it handled a lot of heavy topics um Uh death being the most prominent one um coming right 
coming during a pandemic too, when a lot of people have um, lost loved ones to just things that, to stuff that they can't control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just watching- a large scale level too. Yeah. And so watching um, someone else go through that while they're potentially going through it too, um, I could understand that. And then not even just- um, the the death death and loss aspect of this movie just everything else that it touches on is not like lighthearted subjects mm-hmm. so yeah i think it made a lot of people kind of like take a look at themselves and yeah, like no offense not a lot of superhero movies actually discuss colonization <laughs> oh no yeah um so i can i can understand why they thought it was a hard film to watch mm-hmm. um but I think it was a needed film. Me too. Uh, speaking of, when they were filming it, though, um, did you hear about the uh, controversies that Letitia Wright had while filming? I think she said something, like, kind of anti-vax once, right? Yeah, like, so... Filming? Yeah, so during filming, she um, liked and shared a post from a pastor who's very anti-vax, transphobic, homophobic. Mm. Um, and, you know, people came out saying, like, you can't do that. Like, you're a movie star. Like, a lot of you've got such a big platform. Like, anything you say is going to influence people. And if you should be influencing people, you should be influencing them to, you know, a better way. Um, which... At the time when she did that, I was just kind of like, I was mad at her because like, I kind of like agreed with that general thought process. But then at the same time, you know, she is just as human as everybody else. And so if she wants to have her own thoughts and her own beliefs, she should be allowed to, whether I agree with them or not. Um, Because if we start canceling people for stuff like that, then I mean, why is Tom Cruise still working as a Scientologist? Um, yeah, like okay, sure, be mad at that. But if you're gonna be mad at her, <laughs> be mad at all the rest of them too. Yeah. So I mean, I highly do not agree with any of that. Um, but I mean, like upon reflection, I do realize, like, I judge too fast. Um, I think there is some. Well, I want to say that there's some truth to it being like as a public as a popular public figure you know she should have um correct and informed thoughts on everything but um i feel like that is not fair um to hold up any type of star or public figure to such a standard um it's weird yeah it's like you can only hold them up really to the standards that you would hold yourself up to Mm -hmm. which like yeah they can be high but also the parasocial relationship that you have with them don't technically owe you that yeah yeah um so i did have to reflect (laughs) on a lot of on, on a lot of my feelings regarding um movie stars and what I think they should be allowed to believe because I realized like that wasn't fair. Um, Especially considering like, why, like, why should I have such strong feelings against that? When, like I said, like Tom Cruise um, is allowed to be um, 
Scientologists. And like, that's just kind of like a one thing that everybody knows, but like there are lots of other stars who got canceled for also being anti-vaxxers. Um, and I was like, it's kind of different. Like if you're black, because you've mm -hmm. always been, if you're like black, queer, or any type of minority in the U S you've been like guinea pigs when there's been things like this, mm -hmm. were you just giving them without your consent? And yeah. so there's like a lot of trauma too, that goes along with that. That like, I don't think a lot of people understand when it comes to like going to doctors and vaccinations, when it comes to like the black community, like they are not eager to go to the doctor in general. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the, the track record with doctors being very racist and a lot of the science behind and sexist has been very bad like yeah like a lot of the science behind most things is not done with black people in mind mm -mm. <laughs> or like with women in mind mm -mm. and so a lot of times like it's not until years after that you find out that the medication you've been taking has been making your situation worse. So, like, to have that kind of thought of, like, oh, no, I'm not sure about this vaccination thing, like, in a time when you're all globally experiencing something you've never experienced, mm -hmm. like, yeah, those are going to be some fears that you have. <laughs> like, yeah, you can express that. I don't think, like, anyone should be... I think, well, and I think too, just beyond the fact that it was anti-vax, it was the fact that it was from someone who was um, a known uh, homophobic, transphobic mm. person. Um, so I, it, for her, I think it was just it, like it hit this weird trifecta, <laughs> yeah, um, which was just unfortunate. Um, and I think people, I think people just, I, I don't want to say they read into it too much because she she essentially only apologized for sharing her thoughts on um, anti-vax. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she, I can't remember if she said anything specifically to the pastor's other beliefs and whether or not, you know, it was someone she followed. Oh yeah. Cause it was just a tweet about the mm -hmm. vaccinations that she shared. Gotcha. Okay. So she didn't, you, she didn't know anything about that guy. Well, I don't know if she knew anything about okay. them, but there wasn't any other like, There wasn't any verbiage in the tweet mm. against the other communities that that gotcha. pastor has is known spoken for. against. Yeah, um, I think so. That was that was the the first. Um, mm, never mind. That was the second controversy. Um, Are you saying this? I am. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was so. That was technically her second controversy on um, on the film. Her first one was she got injured doing a stunt. Um, she got so injured. She like really hurt her back. I can't. I don't know if she like fully broke it or not. Um, oh my god. Yeah. No. But yeah, she got she got severely injured so badly that they did have to um, stop production and wait to. Um, begin filming again so that she could heal what was controversial about this um not so much about like her but it's just the the should actors be able to do their own stunts like we have stunt people for a reason okay um and, well because it's like tom cruise tom exactly cruise. i was like okay once again <laughs> yeah yeah um because well, he does all of his own stunts right and he gets hurt a lot 
Yeah. And anytime that an actor like that, especially your main actor, gets hurt and you have to stop production, you're okay. you're wasting like millions of dollars just so that you can reschedule everything. Um and from someone who who likes the production side of movies, it bothers me so much. Like I think like if we're offering um to give you a stunt double if there's good reason for there to be a stunt double because the i believe the the stunt she got injured on was when she's riding the motorbike and um she, and it uh and she gets thrown off it um she, that's what that's when she injured her back um and i don't believe you're seeing like her face specifically so it doesn't like specifically have to be her as an actor doing it Mm. um yeah they're really pretty good about that type of editing yeah um well and and you know they've got they can find stunt doubles that look exactly like her too um whether they use cgi or editing to or camera angles to obscure the fact that it's it's not her um if i'm remembering correctly she wanted to do as many of her own stunts as possible yeah. What I want to know is, I want to know if that's actually, like, coming from her because she really does want to do her sense, or if studios are using it as a way to market it. Because, you know, they do that with Tom Cruise, saying, like, oh, he does all his own stunts, he flies all the jets in whatever Top Gun movie he's making. Um, uh, Harley Quinn, Mario Robbie, um, she did all of her own stunts, and that elevator elevator scene where she like does that flip mm-hmm. um like she did that all on her own and at least so- Theron does a lot of her own stunts too but I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just like a because there are some actors that are like known for their stunts mm-hmm. and that's kind of different I just I worry if the studios are using it as a marketing tool mm-hmm. instead of like the actor's wanting to do it specifically like themselves because they want to like also be a stunt actor. Interesting. My question was like, if you're on crew for production and someone like a main actor gets injured, mm-hmm. do you get paid for the time in between or do you have to just find another job like i know like if you're in a union it's probably different than if you're like mm-hmm. but i'm very curious because like if you're halting production are you allowed to work on a different one or like do you even know how long you're halted for they um so it it depends it depends on so many different factors but yeah for something like this um they what would have happened is they would have halted production and they would have told people, hey, you know, we're gonna estimate that it'll be about six months before mm-hmm. we have to we, before we pick this up. Uh, excuse me. Um, so it'll be like six months before we pick this up. Um, you know, you need to find work during that time. And so mm-hmm. hopefully people can find work during that time. And I think um Hopefully they they give them like pre-notice saying like, hey, you know, like this went faster or this is taking longer. Please adjust your schedules as necessary. And if you can't okay. adjust the schedule as necessary, then you you choose, you know, do you want to continue working on Black Panther? Do you want to continue working on whatever work that you found in the meantime? Mm. Okay. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the only people who would be paid not to find work would be your main actors. Just to have yeah, them on standby. Makes sense. Like you could probably change the shooting and your director too. Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah they did do a lot of work about they yeah like, yeah <laughs> while so while she was recovering they tried to get as many as much as they could done without her mm. but then they just they hit a point where they, they have, to, have to yeah yeah that makes sense all right well <laughs> now that we've talked about the movie maybe we should analyze it break it down yeah, break it down a little bit more. Um, so like I said, this movie happens essentially six years um, after the blip. Nakia's been gone for five. Shuri and Chachala have only... Well, Shuri's been back for a year. Chachala died the same year that they got back from the blip. Um I think it's really interesting too with Shuri to have that um, not only just the regular like morning thing, mm-hmm. morning plot line or like motivation, I guess, like the emotional, the emotional conflict, but to also kind of have that like science versus um, mm-hmm. spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with how embedded the spirituality is in Wakanda. Yeah. Um, so that it was neat that they kind of also addressed that and a lot of her guilt kind of embodied in that. But then it was also one of those things where both of them ended up being the thing that saved them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when... She- when we open up the movie, she is trying to save her brother. But the first line is her praying to Bast, which is basically like the Black Panther god. Um, or if you're into Egyptian mythology, I forget what they're the god of, but they're also they generally an take god. the form of a, of a cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> which there's the connection. That's all I have to say. Um, But she's praying and she's like, please let me be able to save my brother. She isn't able to do it. The gods don't do it. He dies. And that in in itself is a lot of her inner turmoil. Um, And what she's dealing with throughout this whole film. And a lot of it is paralleled through Namor with him being like, we don't need the outsiders. Like we have vibranium. We have all of this stuff that's been given to us. They just want our resources. We need to strike first. Um, it kind of has the same like, oh, well, I don't know how to verbalize this. Let me. Okay. While you're thinking. The same parallel as science versus culture. Mm-hmm. Whereas the vibranium that they have is part of their culture and the outsiders want vibranium for their science. Mm-hmm. Um, I did look up um, what uh, Bast is as an Egyptian god. So it's Beset. And um, 
knowing this is actually a lot more sadder. Um, because for Black Panther, she is the goddess of protection, as she is in um, Egyptian mythology. But in Egyptian mythology, she's got three main um, attributes, I guess. Goddess of protection, pleasure, and the bringer of good health. Yeah. You're right, that's sadder. Because she's praying for, like, protection and good health for her brother. And he ends up dying anyways. Yeah. And even just like pitch, like in real life, Chadwick did not have good hope mm-hmm. for a very long time and nobody knew. And it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, dang. That was the other thing about having his death be so sudden in real life and also in the movie it was like they really they didn't write a lot of fiction around his death like his death in the Mm -hmm. as the character was very much the same as his death in real life well uh when they yeah when they got him when they cast him for Black Panther 1, he he told them, like, hey, you know, I've, I'm battling cancer. I don't know how long I'll be able to do this. Um, so they they still cast him knowing that this could be the outcome. They just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she isn't able to save him. She He dies. We see the opening credits. Which also kind of makes you sad. Um, <laughs> and then it pretty much opens um, with like a UN meeting, essentially. Uh, France is attempting to steal vibranium from Wakanda. The US claims that Wakanda isn't sharing resources and that they're like, you need to be sharing these resources. And Ramonda, Queen Ramonda, pretty much tells them off and is like, okay, well, you don't have a great track record with having powerful things. So, no, you don't get it. Because if we gave it to you, things would be really bad. And things Mm -hmm. are not bad right now. So you have a choice. Either stop or war. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that scene. That was amazing. Because, like, did her her warriors, like, stop them from trying to steal it? But, like, they knew about it far enough in advance to be able to plant people there. But then they didn't arrest them and, like, take them to a condon jail or whatever. They brought them to the UN, to their own country, to everybody, and was like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. I know y'all thought y'all had something, but you don't. And that was baller as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, oh, you think I didn't know? Here's your uh, bad attempt at trying to steal things from us. You can t- do whatever you want with them. You're welcome. <laughs> like, so good. Um, well, cause She's also trying to prove a point, too, because they... They do bring up the fact, like, you know, the Black Panther is dead, like, you're, you're yeah. weak. Um, and she's just kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> F you, like, again. I'm not weak. Who has vibranium? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who's asking for it? Run that by me <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, we also find out that in the middle of the ocean, there's just random mining crew that has a sensor for vibranium. And it's the only one that they got, which they literally quote. 
Um, and they basically actually find it in the ocean, which is crazy to everybody because they're like, I thought vibranium only existed in Wakanda. And then they get attacked by these blue warriors. And it's like a sonic attack. Honestly, mm-hmm. that was dope. I was like, that, mm-hmm. the way, the way they just decimated everyone. Like, I'm sorry. I, I that again and again. <laughs> yeah. I, when they were first introduced, I was a little confused if the singing was supposed to be dietetic or not. Um, but then we, we, we do quickly find out that they're essentially, um, kind of like the inspiration for sirens yeah yeah no yeah because at first i was like oh it's just the soundtrack Mm -hmm. and i was like that's weird and then i was like oh wait just kidding it's them the thing Mm -hmm. that really got me was i was so confused as to why they were blue and i actually didn't get it until the second time i watched the movie which is that's on me i would i was just going with the fact that like the plant turned them blue because they lived underwater like i didn't really question it no, but they're blue because they don't have as much oxygen in the air as they do in the water. Huh. I was like, oh, duh. Like, when you can't breathe, you turn blue. That's true. I didn't think about that. I, like, I just I just didn't question it. Colors. And I was like, why are they changing colors? I was so confused. And then I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's because they can't breathe. They're not getting enough oxygen. But yeah, um... That scene was amazing mm-hmm. and terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. like I was actually kind of like scared for a little bit. I was like, oh, they're just walking to their deaths. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So everybody dies. Like, I don't think a single person from this lives. I, so the second time I watched it, I um, specifically focused on that. And they don't. Everybody does die. Like, someone almost got away in a helicopter with yeah. a scientist, but they ended up um, shooting it down. Flies and just <laughs> out of the sky. My lord. Um, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so literally every single person dies. And the only reason that they know anything happened was because they were all calling for help. Mm-hmm. Which, again, terrifying. Um, back in Wakanda, Shuri's at work, um, and the queen grabs her because it's been a year since T'Challa's death, and they have to do their, like, garment burial. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's kind of worried about Shuri, which, seeing as to how, <laughs> like, how quickly it was for her to be like, oh, yay, we just survived this crazy thing that happened, Oh no, my brother's dying. Oh, he's dead. I literally just lost my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's kind of worried because she's kind of thrown herself into work and is like not taking a break and is kind of putting a lot of like pressure on herself. And so well, and we see right Yeah, and we see from the first movie too that she is probably like a workaholic. Oh, um because she sure. is very smart. She is like the head of this lab. Um, so she's already probably doing like a million different things. And then to like have multiple people worried that she's now more of a workaholic. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, someone needs to talk to her. And like, she's a kid genius. So that's even mm-hmm. more pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. A kid genius so, and next in line to the throne. Yeah. That's so sad. 
Mm -hmm. So basically, they go to the river so that they can kind of say their goodbyes. They're supposed to uh, burn the burial garments to end the the mourning period. Um, But Sherry basically tells her mom, like, I can't burn these because if I do burn them, I'll burn the world with it. Essentially saying, like, I can't burn these. My mourning period isn't over. I'm still very much in this process. Um, And they talk and they have another conversation kind of similar with the theme of, like, technology versus spirituality and, like, Mm -hmm. which one is right, which one makes you feel better, etc. And I feel like that's also just very um, reminiscent of, like, the generational... uh, mindset yeah like the generational mindset with just like younger people and older people Mm -hmm. just in general (laughs) well they they show that too with um okoye and Mm -hmm. um um let me pull up her name because i do have it here what oh i just called her by her actor's name (laughs) oh no aneka yeah yeah, because um, Aneka and Shuri are friends, and they both um, seem to want to, like, um, innovate yeah. uh, how the, the warriors fight. And Okoye is very traditional, and she's just kind of like, no, we've done this this way for a thousand years. We're going to keep doing it this way for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the movie goes on, you do see Okoye um, kind of overcome her bias. Yeah, she embraces it a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think the conversation that Sherry and her mom have at the at the the river when she's like, I was mourning and I felt their presence there and that they're still here and that they're with us. And then Sherry says like, oh, but that's just a construct that your mind makes up to make you feel better. And to help you, like, process. And she's like, okay, so what construct does your mind make up, regardless of it, if, if it's spiritual or not? And the problem with Sherry is that she doesn't necessarily have one. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it's one of those, like, things of, like, is believing in something good or is it, like, can it be good? Can it be one of those things that can give you comfort in times of, like, harshness? Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Like, if you don't have those things or if you don't have those values or things to believe in, you essentially are just left with nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're of yourself. Um, so that's kind of, like, where Sherry's at in this moment. She doesn't really have anything, regardless of if it's science or uh, spirituality, because both of them failed her in her time of need. This is also when Namor is... Introduced. Um, he basically just like swims on in and is like, hey, what's up? Which is crazy. I don't think they had a strong enough reaction to this. I I feel like they did. I feel like um, they should have been a little more like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we almost died. Like, I feel like they should have been angrier at like the the people that are in charge of the barriers, you know? Um, I mean, they do mention it later on. <laughs> um, like in the next dish scene. That's kind of funny too. Yeah. Cause they, um, <laughs> cause that's when 
when they have the council meeting about like who is this guy mm-hmm. and Mbaku's just kind of like I don't care who he is we should just kill him like how like, dare if he, he had been there you would yeah. still be <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out how to beat him okay so chill <laughs> that was funny um so they they, they do kind of talk about it they do I think have an appropriate reaction I just think um, it should have been that but like times two <laughs> That but multiplied. Yeah. I was like, man just swam in there. And like just came upon the two most important people in all of Wakanda. <laughs> uh, I I see where you're coming from. I don't think it would have worked for the story, especially because they needed him to come back later in the movie. Um Yeah. Well it's also just a huge flex on his part of like Yeah. You're not the most powerful people, as you have thought, which, like, definitely sets that up. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this man mm-hmm. just, just freaking just swam in by himself. Like, he didn't even need anything else with him. He just was like, oh, hey, what's up? He did have others with him, though, because they dropped off the machine. Yeah, they had the sneaky. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole way that he did that was so, like smooth you know yeah <laughs> it was like cheese like this man just came out of nowhere with all these threats and then Surprise. just like peaced out yeah and now i'm shook to my core <laughs> because mm-hmm. this man's very existence of very just fact that he did this just undermined every single thing i've ever known like my entire worldview has now changed mm-hmm. um which is a great way to bring in i think as an introduction that was that was pretty great like, so far, the introductions we've gotten of the... I don't know how you would say the plural of Telecon. Teleconians? Ooh, I actually do have that in my notes. It's going to take me a moment, though. I will say the only thing I would think it would be just Teleconians. I want to say it's similar to that, if not that. Telekinians. <laughs> oh, I think it might be like Telekinians. Because I had that same question while I was watching them. Okay, yeah. Regardless, the way that they've been introduced, they are so badass. It is so cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, even though that they, like, I, this is what I love about Ride Coogler and his, like, representations of people in the Black Panther universe is that, yes, they have their, like, traditional garments and their traditional clothing, but at no point in time are they ever portrayed as being, like, low tech or underprivileged or, like, malnourished, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this is one of those things with, like, Afrofuturism that I love is that, like, they intermix the idea of technology and being savvy and having the same privileges that the rest of the world has. Like, they're not seen as some third world country. Like, they're not seen seen as, like, people that, like, need help or, like, they're um, primitive, you know? Yeah. And so I like that he stayed in that realm with both the Talakanians and the Wakandans mm-hmm. and that neither one of them are seen as primitive in any, any scene ever. Like they, but they still are able to have their traditional garments and the, the, um, connection to like their cultures, mm-hmm. which is dope. What happens after that? Oh, yeah, so he basically Mm -hmm. says, like, hey, um, 
we were just almost attacked. You're welcome, by the way, because we stopped it. We have vibranium. They found it. You need to bring us these people that are super close to finding out about our existence. And, and like, we're going to rage war on them anyway. But, like, y'all are the ones, Wakanda, that were like, hey, we have vibranium. And we're going to make it known to the world now that we have vibranium, a.k.a. the plot of the last movie. Mm-hmm. Of, Holding them accountable. Do we hold these uh, things just for ourselves or do we share it with people that need it? Versus now that they have decided to kind of share their resources and like their knowledge with people so that there isn't the disparity between like the communities and you know, y'all watch the movie. Um, now that they've done that, now people of power are trying to find a way to harness it for themselves. And so in doing so, they've now placed a threat on Telecon. And he's like, this threat is because of you, so I'm putting it on you to solve this issue. And then he just pieces out and is like, yeah, so find out who made this machine, who's tracking vibranium, and um, bring them to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's fun. I think out of all of um the marvel like introductions mm-hmm. he has one of the better ones um him and killmonger dude hi key well it's because they're both like villain technically they're, villains they're with the, the villains of the story but they're like yeah yeah like they have a very reasonable <laughs> like reason you know mm-hmm. like the re- their motivations make complete sense and they're very personable and relatable mm-hmm. but yeah no i like keep this trend going because i <laughs> can they just give ryan coogler all of the stories like what would happen if he became like like marvel's what was that guy's name kevin feig oh yeah um, <laughs> I so I worry um what is gonna happen with Namor because like basically they killed off Killmonger because they couldn't have a villain that made sense right <laughs> yeah so I mean to an extent like Namor does have like he does make sense mm-hmm. um so I worry what that means for his character because I feel like he's he might die soon. I don't think so. Because I'm pretty sure they're planning on making a solo movie for him. Probably. Which in my head makes like one of the criticisms of this movie was that like they felt that um, like Telecon could have been like prettier and like more fleshed out as a nation. But I think the reason that it isn't is because they are planning a solo movie and they can't make too many artistic decisions about that because, mm-hmm. like, they're going to need the solo movie. They're, they're going to want to be able to flesh all of that out for the solo movie. Mm-hmm. They just need to have something generic for this movie as yeah. like, the introduction. I 
when I so when I first watched this movie in theaters, right? You know, you've got the big screen, um, and you've got a lot of diffused light. Mm-hmm. And beyond just the diffused light, the um the contrast is specifically like set for this movie, right? Yeah. Um so watching watching and seeing Telecon on the big screen, beautiful, loved it. I could see everything. Having to rewatch it at home with my brightness all the way up, I still could hardly see anything. Yeah. Um, and I was like, the other part of that is like, they're literally so deep into the ocean. He had to bring a light source down to them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, what did y'all expect to see? <laughs> I just made like, the light source Like the glowing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, the bioluminescent thing maybe which like i feel again like they're probably going to do that in mm-hmm. when we actually get to experience telecon from mm-hmm. the telecon point of view i just as long as we're able to see it at home i'll be happy <laughs> oh i'm i'm one of those people that changes my tv settings like i did i did i still didn't see anything yeah like there's there's certain shows where I'm just like, can y'all figure this out? Because this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I hate having to change my TV settings all the time, but I will, like, I'm, I'll be changing them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back to the, back to the movie. Okay, so, no more, pretty much gives them this ultimatum. Bring them the scientist. Or else. Not really sure what the what else part was. I can't remember. Do you remember? Uh, Is he using an attack machine? No, I don't think he really gave a what else. At least if he did, I I didn't write it down. Um, But I mean, right after that scene, um, you've got Sherry deconstructing the vibranium and whatever he threatened or the vibranium detecting machine um and whatever he um insinuated had them frightened enough that they took him seriously yeah and they're like you can't tell anyone because nobody knows about their existence except for them now um sherry is able to kind of track it down to this kid at mit who is riri and she's awesome to be young, black, and excellent. Am I right? <laughs> anyway. Well, so before they before they go to Riri, though, Okoye has to convince Queen um, Ramonda to let her take Shuri with her. And Shuri to help. wants to go. Kind of. Like, Shuri's not really in the conversation until she's just kind of, until Okoye had already pretty much convinced uh, Ramonda to let her take her. And yeah. Okoye wants to take her to, like, help break her out of, you know, her funk to help mm-hmm. help her process her grief, get her out of the lab. sense to bring her because she's the only one that could talk to this MIT kid, like, mm. which, yeah, is part of the convincing part. Mm-hmm. Um, Shuri basically is like, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when do we leave? Um, they go, end up at MIT. Essentially, Shuri's like, oh, my God, it's a kid. And kind of has, she kind of makes the, she makes the decision before anybody else says that, like, no, I'm not just going to give her the Namor and have 
and kill her. Like, mm-hmm. that's not me. Why would I do that? This girl's basically like me. Um, Ravy's like, oh, am I getting recruited? Because that'd be dope. Which, like, honestly, <laughs> she should have been being recruited. My lord. She is great. Um, the interaction between all of them was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. This entire sequence. Um, because you've got Riri being like, oh, you're the princess of Wakanda. Am I being recruited? And then to find out that, no, she's not being recruited, but you made a thing that is like threatening our very existence. And she's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, the vibranium detector. She's like, I made that like out of spite. <laughs> like, yeah. Project. Because then now you also know that the U.S. government just took her stuff without her consent and are using it without giving her any payment or anything as she should be for her invention. First of all, agree. Second of all, um, most colleges have a clause within their charter saying like anything produced at the college is the college's um, property, intellectual or physical property, essentially. Yeah, but regardless, nobody is giving her credit for any of this. Mm-hmm. And like, MIT isn't using it. The government is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's I keep like, probably bro. sold it to the government. Yeah, that's just, that's messed up on so many levels. But honestly, like, what else would we expect from <laughs> the U.S. historically mm-hmm. when it comes to Black people and their inventions? Um, Track record's not great. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so that's a little detail they're going to throw in here. Nice. Um, And basically, they... I like that they kind of just tell her exactly what's up. They're like, no, you made this vibranium detector and now this guy wants to kill us. But, like, she isn't able to say that because Ruby's like, y'all are trying to take me, aren't you? Like, I can't just be going places. Like, I'm in trouble. She's, like, fighting back. Um, She tries to leave, I think, through the bathroom. And Mm -hmm. then, like, Okoye comes out of the bathroom. She's like, oh, my God, she has a spear. And then she hides in the corner, which... It's just a great moment of not only funny, but also foreshadowing. She throws the thing at Okoye, and Okoye is like, oh, I like her. She's going to, like, fight back. And then Shuri does the thing of, like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Like, let her protect herself. She can do it. Yeah, she can fight the flying sea god that wants to kill her on her own. And she's holding this giant heater. And then Okoye's like, mm-hmm, yeah, she can kill, yeah, let her protect herself with her heater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go on. You go on with your heater. <laughs> Which is great foreshadowing because essentially that is what ends up getting them the, the upper hand. Yeah. The more is the giant heater. <laughs> um, so I just. I think I noted it down as satirical reverse um, psychology. Dude, so funny. And I was like, that honestly, like, <laughs> just like, the way that they did it is such a black thing to do too. Like <laughs> the amount of times when you're like, oh, I'm a, like as a young kid, when you're mm-hmm. like running around and you know, you've got your like cousins and your aunts and uncles and your grandma and you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And you're like, they're like, hey, be careful over there. Like, don't do that. And then if you decide you're going to do it, be like, okay, fine. Face those consequences. Go on with, the, with <laughs> you and your tiny self. Like, go do it. Fine. Try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's just so funny. I love that little interaction was great um so yeah that convinces 
uh, Riri that she is not going to shed news by herself. And she takes them to her garage, in which the feds show up, which pisses her off, obviously, because, like, she's got all this stuff going on in her garage, all these projects, and, like, now the feds are at her door. She's like, seriously, you guys? Maybe I should go and fight the sea gods <laughs> with wings because, like, they didn't bring the freaking feds to my door, um, which is just funny. And basically, they're like, okay, we have to get out of here without, you know, causing another international uh, what is incident. It? International incident, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we also have to get her out of here. Uh, we're not taking her to the moor, so... We got to get her out, but also not tip off no more or his guys that like we're doing this. Super covert. Um, and they essentially they only fail because no more's guys do know that they're there and they intercept and they take Shuri and Ravi. Well, they don't the, take, yeah, the, the chase scene, um from the fbi Mm -hmm. uh that's well that's where you get um the first parallels between riri as ironheart and tony stark as iron man yeah um and you you get to see yeah you get to see how like she pretty much came up with like the same designs he did when he was first starting out and then um they also have like a garage shuri also is like looking at the plans yeah like, without getting a good look and she's like is this dark's tech like mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah she, right away she notices that it's similar mm-hmm. um, a little easter egg yeah um but then also you've got the first fight um when namor's people show up you got the first fight between okoye and atuma and atuma yeah. pretty much like beats the shit out of okoye yeah but Okoye does do some great fights. Like, oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah, was she's great not a bad fighter. He just overpowers her. Oh, yeah. Because they have the upper hand of the fact that they have not ever existed before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, we don't know anything about our enemy. Um, so, yeah, they basically are going to take Riri, but Shuri jumps in and is like, no, take me to see... Um, your leader seeing as to how i'm the leader i want to do a talk Mm -hmm. like a parlay kind of situation um so they take them and okoye is pretty much knocked into the ocean and unable to catch up with them and so she has to go back to wakanda without them which sucks but um, yeah we don't see the scene where she's back in Wakanda yet. Yeah. We, yeah. we get um, Agent Ross oh. who has to investigate the bridge the next morning. Um, so he's like investigating it, but the director also is mm-hmm. present. Um, which honestly, I don't know how people felt about her as like, or how people feel about her in general, but she's funny to me. <laughs> Ooh, strong disagree (laughs) i hated her character the most um i just i think she was poorly written and 
I don't know if because she was poorly written, the actress just didn't have a lot to work with or if she was just also not good. But she's my least favorite character. No, yeah, I don't think they wrote a lot for her because she's made cameos in other like Marvel things. Mm -hmm. And like every time it's kind of just like really short and brief and like, oh, yeah, I'm the big man in charge kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. which is like all we get from her. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think she's she's well written. I just think that she's funny. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, because that the actress has, like, a lot of um, experience with, like, improv being on, like, Seinfeld and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, she does more improv than she does just acting in general. So, like, most of the lines that she said, I'm fairly certain that they were not written and that they don't really give her things. Gotcha. I'm, okay, like, that makes just from her interactions. That, like, yeah, that makes sense. That vibe makes sense. Like, having seen her do, like, maybe more recent things, like, I think she was in that show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, with uh, Seinfeld mm. at some point. And, like, <laughs> they just, like, it's so dumb. Like, they end up, like, going to the supermarket, and they're, like, having this, like, random conversation. But she's, like, very... She's very good at just pulling out random, like, one-liners just to drop mm-hmm. into, like, a situation with, like, complete confidence. Like, I'm fairly certain most of those lines that they <laughs> were not written for her. They just kind of told her to go do something. Gotcha. I don't know. That's my mm-hmm. feeling. And I think it's funny. Because that's what's happening in my head. <laughs> but I did like her line when she, like, shows up. And Ross is like, oh, like, you're here. And she's like, yeah, whatever, like, I'm here. And the the guy that is, like, in charge of the crime scene is like, hi, director, I'm so-and-so, special agent in charge. And she goes, oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line just because I'm like, yeah, good for you. Okay. <laughs> like, like it's it's just funny because I think that's literally done in contrast to everyone else keeps saying like oh this is so and so like she's the director and she has to constantly remind people that she is director whereas this guy just in like introduces himself as like i'm especially (laughs) in charge she's like yeah wonderful i don't care yeah (laughs) it's just like one of those things as a woman where you're like yeah i'm i'm aware you're a doctor sir oh you went to mit cool good for you (laughs) what does that have to do with the situation right now do you want to just like get to the point mm-hmm. <laughs> i just thought it was funny um which is the only reason i wrote it down um but at the crime scene while they're there ross finds um i have no idea how to say the name of the beads but the little communication beads that mm-hmm. Sherry wears um he finds them and he pockets them i didn't write their name down i write everything down they're except like, that apparently I think I may have written them down, like, way later in my notes, but, like, I I can't write them down until, or I didn't write it down because no one says the name of the beads until um, Queen Ramonda is asking Shuri's AI if they can track the beads. Yeah, Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So, yeah, Ross pockets the, the beads and doesn't say anything about them to the director, um... And then we see Okoye with the counselors, the counselors, the council mm-hmm. of the elders and Queen Ramonda essentially trying to like warn the queen of 
um, just like the sheer power and ability that the telecons have. And she's like, we need to start a mission. Like, I'm thinking we should do this immediately. Like, let's not waste any time. To which she's met with, nah, you're fired. Yeah. Okay. So as an audience, that moment is a gut punch. Dude. Because, like, we know, like, how far, how hard she fought um and that you know she really does care about shuri and like we've we've been with her since the first movie mm-hmm. but then when the queen like um breaks it all down and just like you supported <laughs> yeah well no and she's just kind of like and, well she says like i'm firing you because like you supported killmonger um you ousted my family um like i warned you about this mission and you still lost shuri like <laughs> you're mm-hmm. bad at doing your job you're kind of like, well, uh, not like her job. She's like, well, you're loyal to Wakanda, but I was asking you to be loyal to me. Yeah. Okay. Like, I've lost so much that mm-hmm. even if this feels harsh, that's not the point. Because even though, like, you're getting fired, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. this is the one thing that I asked and as the queen, I wanted. And yeah. if there's anything in this moment, I will get what I want. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a better take, but yeah. That's a huge gut punch, though. Like, just on all, like, for Ramonda, for mm-hmm. Wakanda, for Okoye, like, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. But her freaking speech, though. That's when I was like, oh, she better get an Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have I not given everything? <laughs> that lives in my head rent-free. <laughs> like I'm just saying that all throughout. They they had like that part in the trailer, right? <laughs> yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. I just keep saying it. And people were like, I'm like enduring Black History Month. Have I not given everything? <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, she does have some points. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, she's basically asked. Not only is she fired, but she's, like, not even going to be... Like, they could have just been, like, you're not general anymore. But she was, like, nah, you're straight up fired. Like, you're not even going to be a part of the army. Yeah, you're stripped of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, She's, like, I had one request. And you failed. So, no, I'm not giving you another second chance. Everyone in this room has been disloyal to me personally at some point in this room. You were the last one. And I'm over it. Um, and then Queen Ramonda goes to Shuri's lab, talks to the AI, and realizes that she can track Shuri's beads. Um, except Ross has the beads, so when she does try to contact Shuri through the beads, she ends up talking to Ross, and Ross is kind of put in this weird situation of, like, I work for the U.S. The U.S. thinks that you guys were the ones to attack us, now I'm confused because you're hinting that there might be a bigger power out there, but you can't tell me. So now I have to just deduce everything from yeah everything else. <laughs> I have to risk everything on your word, which I'm not sure I even trust right now. But you did save my life, so I might as well. Yeah, like I owe, yeah, like I owe a lot. So I'm going to at least do what I can to help. Without getting mm-hmm. myself in more trouble. 
Um, so yeah. And then we finally end up in Haiti and we find out that that's where Nakia has been. And Ramonda is visiting Nakia and asking her for help. Um, and they also kind of just catch you up on kind of like <laughs> the time frame because I think a lot of people are still confused at this point. It's like, what time is it? Who? Where in history are we? Mm-hmm. So when she's able to say like, after we lost him, it's been like five years. I had to allow myself to break, or like I couldn't go to the funeral either, because I'm. Assuming that they probably would have had two funerals. The first uh, and T'Challa. And then the second one would have been T'Challa. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That I guess like the people who were blipped had a funeral. It's a good point. Punch myself and look at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, they kind of share this, like, moment of just, like, I've missed you. There's a lot of unspoken feelings and grief that we're all experiencing, and we all have to experience it in our own way. Um, And essentially, Ramonda asks her for help and, like, is like, you're still Wakandan, and we still love you. You're still a part of our family, like, regardless of if... T'Challa isn't anymore um Mm -hmm. and also ask for help for Shuri um so Shuri and Riri are now in are they in telecon they're not in telecon because they'd be dead without the proper equipment so they're kind of just like in the realm of telecon (laughs) it makes it seem yeah it makes it seem like they're on like the outside Mm-hmm. of it um kind of like an outside jail or holding cell they're very yeah. near it they're very near it for sure they're like in the cave but they're yeah. not like so deep that they won't survive no it's well because she's in a they're in an air cave so i don't think the depth matters yeah until she leaves the air that's why she yeah, has to wear the like suit legitimately yeah yeah so she's i mean the pressure yeah um so she is probably kill them when they're escaping so they must not be too bad too deep well they have the uh the thing that nakia uses like the underwater skidoo thing oh yeah they have that but they don't have like pressure protection because they just hold on to it I can't remember how they actually did it. I, in my mind, I assumed that they like hopped into the the skidoo, and that protected them. I don't think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're in the realm of Telukan, um, and basically. She kind of finds out about Namur, where he came, where he comes from. Um, they mention the name Kukulkan, mm-hmm. which is like feather serpent sea god, I think. Um, and we get a glimpse into his lore, which is very similar to Wakandan lore, except in a different part of the world. <laughs> um, I don't know if they've existed for as long 
Uh, like, because they got it. They found the herb around the same time as the conquistadors. Because the conquistadors were there, and that's well, the reason how... they were getting sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when did Wakandans find it? I don't remember. Yeah. I just know that they were not colonized. So I'm assuming... Because of that. Like, if the conquistadors were there and they were not colonized, like... Maybe they just were there the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, this is when we kind of get a glimpse of like, okay, so the herb and its powers have existed like in other parts of the world and that it is a very similar power to the heart-shaped herb, which is Wakandan's uh, way to have the Black Panther. Um... We find out that he has no love for the outside world, um, hence his name, Namor. Um, and he basically tells a story how he's like the first mutant, which I know in comics is important because of mm-hmm. X-Men, right? Yeah. But also just for the nitpicky fanboys. That's fair. Might I also mention that Namor is hot as fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I don't know if we talked about it in one of the previous episodes. Um, but I think we did uh, with Victoria. Um, but they brought up the picture. I um, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, okay. So background is there's this picture floating around the internet. Um saying that they had to digitally CGI uh, Namor's package out. Um, but then they actually asked him, they're like, hey, is this true or false? And he's like, man, that's false. Someone altered it to be bigger. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, that actor is so good. Because, like, if you look at just Namor and the way he, like, is in his, like, body language and everything, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, interviews from, like, when they're on, like, the red carpets and stuff, like... Mm-hmm. He's so different. Like, he really transforms his very mannerisms for, like, a character. And I was like, wow, like, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, He's such a good actor. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Um, We're learning about... His history. His history. Correct. Um, Yeah, so he's the first mutant... um, can't trust humans they always take the worst path um and he kind of like is able to relate with shuri on the fact that like yeah like humans are kind of the worst (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and yeah they will do everything they can with the powers that they have just to destroy each other um and they basically connect over the fact that they're both extremely angry about that Mm -hmm. um shuri isn't gonna attack first but like if she was provoked, we already know that, and she's admitted that, like, yeah, I would burn everything. Mm-hmm. Namor is basically saying, I believe that we should strike before anybody else does so that we just 
eliminate the threat before it becomes a threat. And that's why he wants um, Riri. Not because she's done anything herself, but because she has the potential to do that. To whereas Shuri is still kind of on the on the end of like, okay, yeah, like she might have the potential, but there's also the potential for like a lot of good. And like, which one do we want, etc. Um, and this is a reoccurring theme in the Black Panther movies in the first one as well of like, are we more worried about eliminating the threat before it becomes a threat? Or are we more worried about trying to cultivate an area in which there would no longer be threats? Um, so yeah, he, uh, she's like, oh, I would love to see Helokan, to which he makes a very funny joke about how she can't do that because she would die. And is very threatening about it. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. We have a suit. Which I think is funny because the suit that she's given is the suit that the people that were mining earlier in the film had. And that they they were like, yeah, no, we're taking this back. Because I was like, why would they have a suit if they've never had to introduce people? And I was like, oh, it's because they just stole it. Yeah. From the guys that were mining earlier. Mm-hmm. Which I just, I was like, LOL. Good job. <laughs> um, they're like, no one else can have this. This is ours. I just love that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, we get to see They're very resourceful Alokan, um, a little bit of their culture, the fact that he's literally able to bring the sun into the depths of the ocean and cultivate like a, a livable area for Alokanians. Alokanians. Mm-hmm. I can't find my note on what the they're called. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. We've kind of already talked about, like, visually what that was like. Um, and he kind of, like, essentially, like, gives an ultimatum. Well, not, like, an ultimatum at the end, but tells her, like, I'm not going to give up the scientist, but now I feel like you can understand why I need her. And Sherry's, like, again, not quite sure she wants to give in to the fact, like, oh, I don't just want to give you the scientist, but, like, maybe we can strike up a deal somewhere in the middle like we can compromise otherwise like you're gonna go to war with us and that's gonna be horrible because we can't have a war like that's gonna destroy Mm -hmm. not only us but also probably like the regular world like not destroy it but it's gonna severely harm a lot of people um so yeah like, she now understands, like, the dire situation that they're in as far as war goes. She doesn't want to start another war, which is why it's extremely inconvenient that Nakia shows up right after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nakia shows up and is like, come on, we gotta go. But she ends up having to shoot uh, one of the, the guards that Riri and Shuri have while Queen Ramonda is talking to Namor. And trying to, like, distract them mm-hmm. so that they can get out. Um, they are successful, but unfortunately, while they do this, the guard dies. And they think they kill another guard, too. Uh, I, it's just the one. They, I think they hurt another one of them, mm. but for sure only one dies. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> but pretty much, yeah. Um, but like right after that, uh, Shuri and her mom are reunited, and um, Queen Ramonda and Riri get a meet. Mm-hmm. And pretty much right after that, like you, you don't get a lot. I'm um, pretty sure it's like immediately. Yeah, uh, immediately. Um, Shuri already knows. She's like, yo. We got to prepare. Yeah. Um, Like, he was already crazy, and now we killed one of his people. (laughs) Yeah. He's mad. He was going to attack us regardless, but now we all killed his people, so they come in right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what happens. Uh, Telecon attacks, and they flood the city. Um, The word personally attacks the queen. Yeah. Um... And the queen ends up saving uh, Riri's life at Mm -hmm. the cost of her own. Riri was drowning and the queen had pretty much gotten out, was able to get out of the water, but then goes back down to um, rescue Riri. And before she, and she was too weak to essentially pull her herself back out of the water. Um, And she drowned. Um, And uh, literally as she's dying. No yeah. more comes out, and he's like, "Dude, again with like chills." Because when he came out and was like, "Mourn your losses, mourn your dead," like I'm coming back in a week. You're the queen now. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a powerful moment. Um, I know. Yeah, I. I almost want to give him an award for that speech because that was bro, a good one. Yeah. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, if that was, like, like even just watching it, I'm like, oh, shit. But, like, if that had been real life... Mm-hmm. I would have shot myself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, join or die. You yeah. join us or we kill you first because you're the only ones that would be an actual threat to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's kind of like um, a callback, too, to how T'Challa took over the throne because mm-hmm. his dad also violently died in an attack and then was just, like, all of a sudden expected to take over. Yeah. And now you have, you know, Queen Ramonda dying in an attack and then looking at uh, Shuri and just be like, all right, <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> what are you going to do? And so now she's forced to respond the same way that uh, T'Challa was forced to respond um, against the Winter Soldier. And it sucks, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think I literally wrote in my notes, Ramonda dies. Fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the second funeral in this movie. Which, okay, also, can I mention how beautifully shot the funeral scenes are? Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of those things where, like, every single time I see any of those scenes, and this honestly kind of goes for the whole movie. It doesn't, like, have the same feel as a Marvel movie, like, cinematically. Like, the way that the shots are. Like, when you're in the fight sequences, yes. But I think that's also just because, like, we know we're watching a Marvel movie. But, like, the rest of the of the movie is shot very cinematically like very indie yeah. almost like mm-hmm. like they're very much focused on like getting the most out of a frame 
to help the story. Yeah. And I agree. Great. Um so yeah, so we're at the funeral. Um and it is heartbreaking. Um everyone like you can feel just how hopeless everyone feels right now. Mm-hmm. Um Mbaku basically approaches Shuri and is like I promise your brother that I will offer you counsel and like support. Um I think that's when he has the line of like she's like, Yeah, but like I'm just a kid and he's like, You've been too much too yeah. you've been through too much to be considered a kid. Um and he essentially asked her, like, the elders wanna know if we should be preparing for war. Like, are you gonna like are we gonna join him or are we going to fight? Mm-hmm. Um and then if we are gonna fight, we need to start moving people up to my realm. Mm-hmm. farther away from the city um she does she give any i don't think she gives an answer right then um it it is implied that she accepts his help um because i think they like end up shaking hands but she like yeah. doesn't verbally say it uh but then the next scene um pretty much is uh well, the next scene is Ross gets caught and gets taken away. Oh, yeah, but, and they um, find out, like, that Ramonda's dead and mm-hmm. that uh, the director's known he's been in contact with Wakanda the whole time. Is kind of like, okay, well, we're pretty sure Wakanda killed our people, so, like, why are you talking to them? To which she's continued to have the charade because he hasn't really been getting a lot of information, but it is enough information to tell her that maybe it isn't Wakanda that is the issue here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah and they have that great line of like when he's like no I'm gonna side with Wakanda because and he this is a direct quote have you ever thought for a second what they could be doing what we would be doing if we had access and we're the only country in the world with access to this power and she replies oh I dream about that yeah which is just thematically perfect because that's Uh the entire reason like that is the entire reason that Wakanda uh was hidden for so long and it's the reason that there is now this huge conflict between Wakanda and Talokan mm-hmm. it also kind of like kind of brings up the thought in like the sphere of like the philosophy of the the this film of like okay if Talokan was to attack first with the power that they have technically they're doing it so that they don't have any other threats which is like Mm -hmm. very similar to what she's saying in the moment of like no I would take out so many people I'd have so much power like he's still better at this point than the U.S. but he's on the edge of being the same yeah. Which is why it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like, which is why he's kind of considered a villain. Mm-hmm. We just understand, and he has more of a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be that way. Um, well, they make us emotionally connect with him. Yeah. Because it's like, the people that were colonizing people didn't have 
a good reason to do that. They were just no. doing it because they're like, we don't want to have any. They're greedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, like, someone has a reason. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky he hasn't done anything about it yet, but he's close. He's oh, very yeah. close to just doing it. Um, yeah. After that, we get um, kind of like a large montage sequence. They have a week, basically, to prepare for war, uh, which is the ultimatum that Namor gave them. was like, I'll be back in a week. You'll either join us or you die. Um, they're preparing for war. Shuri and Riri are, you know, prepping their machines. They figure out, okay, Namor gets his um, oxygen from both the air and the water. So if we are going to have any kind of um, leg up on him, Mm -hmm. we're going to need to figure out how to dry him out. And so they're like, perfect, we're going to turn one of our chambers into an anti-water chamber and suck all the water out of the air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to trap him in it. (laughs) So... Sorry, never mind. I, I was jumping ahead. Never mind. Uh, this is also when we see Shuri uh, with her AI thinking, okay, I have this bracelet that he gave, that Namor gave her for visiting um, that has similar properties to what they know as the heart-shaped nerve. And so in order to recreate it, she has the AI scan uh, the fibers from the bracelet in hopes that those fibers and her brother's DNA will have an answer on how to recreate the heart-shaped nerve. Um, she brings in Okoye and is like, hey, like, obviously I know my mom fired you, but, like, my mom's dead now and I'm the queen, so, like, I think you should be my midnight angel, which, I'm not gonna lie, Okoye's right. Those things are ugly AF. Yeah. They're yeah. ugly. Mm-hmm. And Midnight Angel is a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> like, girl could have come up with something a lot better. But regardless, Okoye agrees and she brings Aneka in with her. Um, we do end up finding out at the very end of this montage that Shuri is successful in recreating the herb. Um, but they have to try it out first. And so she basically grabs everyone... Well, not everyone. She grabs uh, Riri and Nakia to Mm -hmm. try the herb. So this, I mean, so it was like, I mean, for me, I never questioned, you know, whether she accepted M'Baku's help or not. But I think, like, for anyone who was, this would probably be the scene where, like, it shows that she accepted his help. Because during, like, when he was saying, like, hey, you know, like, I offered... Um, to give you advice, um, because you're, or I want to give you advice because your brother asked me to, mm-hmm. um, he tells her like, do not bur- bury yourself in your tech. And like, as a whole Wakanda, um, is like a very religious country, um, because they do have the Black Panther, they have Bast, they've got, um, the, uh, like, um, the ancestors, the ancestral plane. plane. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, like, they're a very religious country, and then you have Shuri, who's just kind of like, man, I know all this stuff is true, but, like, I just prefer my science over um, all this religion. And she's taking this moment to be like, I know what I believe in, but, like, I also know that this is real and that my people need this. 
So I'm going to not bury myself in the tech and I am going to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and she becomes the black Panther. She recreates the herb, um, Mm -hmm. and brings back that part of her culture, cultural after spending a year of doing everything she could to not even think about having to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great because it does solidify her, um, like acceptance of her culture and mm-hmm. embracing it. And it's also one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure even that like when she was going to take the herb that she thought that it was going to take her to the ancestral plane. Mm-hmm. Like she knows, like she's heard the stories, but she's never seen it herself. Um, like she had Nakia stay there in case she went into like a heart attack and was like ready with like the beads and everything. Like she was very scientific about it. Yeah. But it's almost for sure, as soon as she gets into the ancestral plane, she's like, oh. And that completely flips a different switch in her. Mm-hmm. Um, because essentially, she goes to the ancestral plane, and it's supposed to show you the person that you're thinking of. And she's thinking of her mother. I thought it was the person who would relate to her the most or like yes. connect with her like the most. The person that you're connected to, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking of her mother, thinking that she will see her mom if she thinks hard enough about her. Or her brother. And she's greeted with neither. She's greeted with Killmonger, <laughs> which is, like, shocking. Dude, okay. One of my favorite parts of the movie, like, when I saw that in theaters, my entire theater, like, the whole room just collectively gasped. <laughs> It was amazing. So just like yeah, everyone, just like, everyone what? is shocked. It's just like, no, not I think we all forgot that he was like a Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Like we all forgot that he was part of the ancestral mm-hmm. line and like was a Black Panther and like totally belongs in the family. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, I forgot about this cousin. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Let me reprocess this. Um and looks fine yeah like what is he wearing because that outfit did him so many favors <laughs> that was dope it was but also yeah. like michael b jordan could do anything that would be hot so <laughs> there's that too um but he essentially he shows up and she's like why are you even here we're nothing alike and he's like no we're a lot alike because what you want is revenge. I was driven mm-hmm. by revenge. You wouldn't be like seeing anybody else because no one else was driven by revenge like I am and like you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, is she's forced to confront the fact that she is angry. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you go a certain path, you will become him. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like a warning and a like foreshadow at the same time. <laughs> well, he says, he's like, will you be noble like your brother or will you take care of business like me? So he's kind of like egging that. her on. Yeah, he's like kind of, yeah, he's egging her on. Um, and like basically also telling her that like she is capable of an insane amount of destruction. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stopped her so far was all of the other people in her life, but they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, You're and, free now to do whatever you want. What are you going to do? 
Exactly. Which honestly is scary as well. And mm-hmm. she basically decides like, okay, I'm going to be the Black Panther. I'm going to show everyone that I'm a Black Panther, which I love that they they like are like, yeah, she's the Black Panther. Because when she like jumps into the thing and she's like in the suit, everyone's kind of like, oh, she thinks she's the Black Panther now. And she's like, I recreated the herb and I took it. And she's like, Nakia's like, yep, she did. And then they just arm wrestle with them, Buck. Yeah. I was like, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. That was adorable to me. I was like, that's so fun. Like, instead of doing the whole, oh, we have to kill each other to find out who we, or like, whoever, like, tabs out first. Oh, I thought it, like, I took it as he was testing her commitment to being, like, a Black Panther. He's just like, you know, he, I think he saw that as, um, you know, he warned her, don't bury yourself in your tech. And then here she is coming in as this, essentially this religious figure saying like, all right, let's go to war. I'm going to lead us to war as this religious figure. And he's like, mm-hmm. all right, like what happened, you know, like, yeah, from, you know, two days ago, like this wasn't and also two testing, days ago. like, okay, you said you recreated the herb and you took it, but is it the same? Mm-hmm. And so far he's the only one out of everyone that's actually fought another Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so he's kind of like, okay, we can test it, but I'm not going to, like, kill you for it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the whole thing. Because, like, at the end of the movie, that's essentially what they're supposed to do is mm-hmm. the whole, like, you're stripped of your Black Panther, we fight, and then whoever wins the fight, like, gets the herb. Mm-hmm. Um, to which she doesn't show up to that. So now I'm extra confused. But that's for oh. her time. <laughs> Oh, I'll, I, I, I've got thoughts once we hit the end. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit later. Um, but she is like, no, we're absolutely going for war. Um, like, I'm not going to join him if he comes back. Like, I know, like, I think essentially up until this point, they were just preparing for another attack in case, mm-hmm. like, he came back and was like, just going to attack him anyway. Mm-hmm. But now she's like, no, we're going to war. Mm hmm. And everyone's kind of like, I mean, okay, but like, also, does war seem like the right thing to do right now? Like, I, I don't want to have a war when we just lost so many people without one. And if we go to war, we're just going to keep losing people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that's what we need as a country, like for morale, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Mbaku pretty much changes his mind from the beginning of the film to now. Yeah, this is when he says, um, "Yeah, he's like, this is when um, Mbaku says, uh, uh, do you know what his people call him? They call him Cuckoo Clan, which means the serpent god. (laughs) Cuckoo Clan. Yeah, Um, Cuckoo Clan. Um, And uh, he's like, the you know these people." They they destroyed us. <laughs> you know what we're fighting against. Do you think you could lead us against that? Mm-hmm. Um, and she she gives the line which I like: um, "Is my mother's life not worth eternal war?" And yeah. I think that's the point when Mbaku like, is just of kind of course it is. Yeah, of course she is. Mm-hmm. But you have to ask um, yourself if that's what your mom would want. <laughs> yeah. And I think like at that point though he like realizes that she's set on like this we're doing path. it regardless yeah. yeah and we've got to help her because that's mm-hmm. what i promised her brother mm-hmm. and 
regardless, we're Wakanda and like he still cares for the people. Yeah, like there has to be someone to you know, there's gotta be people left. Mm-hmm. To make sure that there's people left. Um so yeah, so they they go to war. And it's a long scene. Um <laughs> There's a lot that happens. Most of it is fighting. It's basically a losing battle until Shuri is able to kind of get the upper hand. Um, she traps him in the thing. There's some fight scenes. We see uh, the Iron Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Heart and the Night Angels. Design mm-hmm. And the Night Angels. The Iron Heart suit does look dumb. I'm not going to lie. It's like it looks it looks like um a plastic toy. Yeah, it looks like a toy. It's just yeah. not it's not cool or badass. It's just kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Which like whatever, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um sorry to those of you that do, but I do, I don't care. <laughs> like it's overall design I'm not mad at, but like at the end of the day, it it does look like a plastic toy. Yeah, there's also like no context as to why it looks like that. Yeah. Like, we don't know enough about Riri to, like, justify that it should look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because it's like, if someone else had made it cute like that, and that was, like, a thing that they did, just part of their personality, like, no one would be complaining. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, they're able to trap Namor in the, in the heater. And honestly, that's kind of a brutal fight that they have. Oh, she yeah. gets into the desert and is like, all right, we're going to fight. Um, she rips his wing off. Dude, yeah. I was yeah. like, ah. <laughs> I actually cringed at that part. Like, yeah. Not like cringes and like, oh, that was cringy, but like cringes and ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like when he's just like, dude, they're just killing each other, basically. Like that was that was a tough fight. Mm-hmm. I was not sure how it was going to go. He straight stabs her. He stabs through her into the rock. Yeah. Like, she, she has to break the spear so that she can get off it. Yeah. That's where I physically cringed. I yeah, was, I was like, like, oh, Ooh. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stops this fighting is that, like, she's about to kill him, basically. Mm-hmm. She gets the upper hand with the with the heat. Um, they're in the desert. She blasts him. Completely. Just, she sets that man on fire. (laughs) Yeah. He's completely dried out. He's probably very close to death at this point, and she's about to give him the final blow. But then her mother comes to her from the ancestral plane and their connection with the Black Panther, or through the Black Panther, um, and is basically like, remember who you are, little Lion King. (laughs) Which honestly, they had the same, they said the same exact thing in the first Black Panther, so I'm like, that was fun Mm -hmm. um and she's like okay i get it now she doesn't kill him in the moment that she could and instead offers an alliance for peace and basically says you and i are the same right now we are angry and we're letting our anger control everything that we do but if we keep going like nothing there's not going to be anything left for us to love and protect. So we need to like recalibrate what we're fighting for. 
Yeah. Well, they 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 do a flashback, um, kind of like of her history and his history, and they like have them as foils. Yeah, of like having the yeah, like beautiful cultures and like there are all these great things that we're just not thinking about because we're so angry. Hmm. Well, it shows too, like like we're gonna like destroy those how, things. Like at, well, at first when they first met up, right in mm-hmm. um, Telecon um you know same history same anger they're on the same path but this is the defining moment where their paths split yeah and so she offers him an alliance um that they have peace and he accepts yeah well the the line is um Yield and Wakanda will protect your oceans and your people will live. Vengeance has consumed us. We cannot let it consume our people. Um, so that's Good when she line. Yeah. And so she's kind of like, you know, we we are both in pain and we both suffer. Let's not pass that suffering on. Yeah, let's not pass it on. Instead, we can make an alliance to protect each other. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do this like when or Oh, we skipped over it, too, a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to throw it in. Uh, but Okoye and Atuma get to reprise their fight, and Okoye wins. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> that was and... that was another good fight. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure after, like, it's pretty much over. Yeah. They wrap it up with uh, uh, Riri gets to go back to Chicago. Um, she gets her car back. Cherie literally searched the river for all of the parts to put them back together, which is adorable. Cherie mm-hmm. um, also plants the heart-shaped herbs. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a nice little garden again. Um, yeah, um, and then, much it, except for there's the, the end credit scene. Uh, well, so you've got um, also Namor. Uh he and um Namora are talking oh. and Namora is just kind of like we should have just killed them all we could have killed them all um why'd you stop us and he like gets really manipulative about it and essentially just says like they're gonna get in trouble and they'll only be able to turn to us and they don't say like whether he's gonna help or not and I kind I of wonder if he's Money. just gonna like, betray them and just like not help yeah, he's like, right now, they're the best ally we can have. Mm-hmm. Um, like but there's also, yeah. Yeah. So he's, like, he's already plotting. Mm-hmm. Essentially kind of, like, it feels like his revenge. Um, but we don't know if it's going to be revenge or help. Because uh, they kind of mm-hmm. left that part uh, open. That's what um, I out in his solo movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a later date. Uh, but then we also have Shuri's um, inauguration and she skips her inauguration and that's when M'Baku shows up and he essentially kind of gets the throne. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for me, like I took that as like, she finally listened to him. Like he was trying to advise her this whole film, you know, in memory mm-hmm. of her brother, like in his pro in the promise that he made him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once, you know, once, uh, Shuri kind of like realizes, um, that he like out of this whole time he was the mature one yeah um he was the one making the right decisions he's like, the one the who best choice for Wakanda. yeah he he's the one who protected Wakanda when she you know kind of went and um 
And even from the first movie, yeah, he was the one to give them shelter. Yeah. Um. So I I think that's why she doesn't show up. I think she kind of realizes she's like, I'm not ready to take the throne, but Wakanda mm-hmm. needs a leader, and so she told him like, Hey, look, you're going to be the best choice right now. You need to take over. Yeah. And also, she still has has to finish her own personal, like, she still has to reconcile with all that she's lost in a way that doesn't endanger her entire country. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, she doesn't show up to the inauguration. Um, we find out in the end credit scene that she's gone to Haiti to visit Nakia. Um, she's brought the burial garments um, with her, and she plans on burning them there. They're going to have the ceremony. And Nakia is introdu- or introduces her to... Toussaint? Or to Tala June, yeah. The, what I like when she was burning her funeral funeral garb is they don't have a soundtrack. The soundtrack does come and play like right before the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of having a soundtrack or really kind of like any type of sound effect, they just have the sound of wind, which yeah. calls back to when the mom was talking about how in her grief, she found T'Challa in the wind. Mm-hmm. It's great. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we all know that uh, T'Challa had a son, Nakia, and um, he does. She does say like, "Oh, did my mom know?" And is given like mm-hmm. the kind of like piece of like, "Yeah, she knew." Like she yeah. was able to meet him, which is heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. What would you rate the movie? I mean, I've already watched it multiple times. I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give it like an eight. Give it a nine. Nine out of ten. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, they did the best job. Like, I believe that they did the best with what they were given. Yeah. Circumstantially. And to have to rewrite a script in that tight of a turnaround. Because I like mm-hmm. we do have the script um, up on our Discord as closely to the... Like, I'm not sure which version it is. This one's the version that was May 8 of 2021. Mm, that might be the final. I think, or yeah. It's extremely one of close. the last yeah. ones. Um, so it's fairly close to what we see on screen. If anybody's interested in reading it, we have the link in our Discord. And uh, okay, I've read a lot. Mm-hmm. Not of I, I haven't read this script um, necessarily, but I've read a lot of uh, Ryan Coogler's scripts, and they're all just like he's such a good scriptwriter. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very good. So, I mean, I would encourage you guys to read it just from like a filmmaking or scriptwriter perspective. Because um, he's pretty good when it comes to script writing. Um, do we want to play FMF and then give recommendations? Uh, yeah. 
I think like out of the, I think there's only three men Mbaku, Ross, and Namor. Oh, I mean like maybe Atuma, but does he count? Did you kill Monger again? Oh. <laughs> kill Monger, Mbaku, and Namor? That's I like good, that better. That's, that's a good, good little roundup there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh God, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. No, I'm like that's actually really hard because they're all very ejected. Yeah. Excluding. Okay, so excluding what they look like, just off personality. Yeah, that's what I'm also trying to figure out. I'm like, personality-wise? Because, like, they're all hot, so it's like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, here's what they look like. Um, friend zone Killmonger. Uh, fuck Namor and Mary and Baku. That's funny. I was going to say friend zone Namor, fuck Killmonger, Mary and Baku. <laughs> <laughs> So that's only because I think Killmonger's a touch too violent for me. Uh, Namor's not there yet. I mean, like, as a kid... He didn't as a carry kid, it out. I don't know. I, I think he took a large so part. Like he'd, have, he'd be a good friend to have. You know? Just keep that in my, my back pocket. <laughs> as protection in case <laughs> in case of emergency please break um okay <laughs> uh yeah that would be my answer definitely chime in um in the comment section or on our discord or patreon um who your pick would be yeah i'm curious yeah, I'm very curious, actually, as to, like, what people would pick. Um, so, yeah, I guess now we have recommendations. Mm-hmm. You want to go um, Yeah, well, because it's pretty simple. I, I pretty much just said any superhero movie. <laughs> um, probably specifically uh, Marvel movies. Um, I didn't really think that hard on it. What would you recommend? I feel like Creed 2 would be a good choice, just in um, like similar writing. Well, it's written by the same guy. Mm-hmm. Directed by the same guy. Um, but also, like, story wise, is kind of that like anger versus uh, like, or like revenge versus um, having something to fight for, you know? Mm hmm is a similar plot line there. So I think that that would be a really good movie to watch if you like this one. I mean, you can watch that one and the first one because that one's also really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely watch the first one. I think mm-hmm. if I had to like specifically recommend a superhero movie, um, Thor Ragnarok, because like Thor also has to deal with losing his father and then coming to terms with whether he's worthy or not. Yeah. I was also going to say maybe um, 
Captain Marvel, but that was more out of uh, both lead superheroes have the kind of mm-hmm. like thing of like like their external and their internal um, conflicts are very similar. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like their internal conflicts are kind of like, yes, I'm angry about things. I like one of them is for like they might be for different reasons, but they are very much driven by like an anger. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The only difference is that like for Shuri, her anger is gonna destroy everything. Whereas for can't remember her name. As for Captain Marvel, she's been told that she's not supposed to have anger this entire mm-hmm. time and that she needs to control it. Whereas for her, it's exactly the thing that she needs to embrace. Um, yeah, to make herself stronger. Yeah. I feel like I had another one. I just can't remember it right now. It's okay. Um, I, I tried to think of one that had like a good mother daughter relationship that kind of was like similar to this one, but I couldn't. Um, I've recommended this one before. It's called fast color. Mm. It's, uh, Gugu and Bathura basically has these powers that like for her have only been like bad um and she ends up having to go back home and dealing with the fact that her daughter also has these powers um and her daughter this whole time has been staying with her mother mm-hmm. um and so it's it's very much the generational like okay we've we all have these maybe not gifts or powers or whatever but like I have to come back home and like take responsibility of the power that I have and train my daughter on how to use it. I owe it to my daughter to like get to know me. Um, The reason she left was a lot or had a lot to do with the fact that like she almost killed her daughter (laughs) like because of her powers and not being Mm -hmm. able to understand them. And so she left with and left her daughter with her mother so that she would be safe um, and basically just coming to terms with like all of that and you know the reconciliation of that uh it is technically a superhero movie like well i don't know if it's a superhero movie it's definitely like they have a power uh-huh. um, it's also very indie but i i think you can get it on it's either like hulu or amazon uh, let like me look this up because actually, I you like every time you mention it, I have wanted to watch it. Um, color, but it's very symbolic. Oh, I was supposed to watch this because last time you recommended it, I pulled it up. Um, I believe it was on Hulu, but then it left. Yeah, nowhere for free right now. Dang, that sucks. But it is pretty good. So. I would recommend mm-hmm. that one as well. All right. Uh, shout out to our patrons. Susan Johnson and Kawana Coleman. They are our VIPs. Thank you guys so much for your support. Um, if you guys um, 
that are listening want to support us, you can support us through Patreon um, or by continuing to listen and share this podcast with your friends and family. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and we will be with you in the next one. Bye.